Yeah, I'm just joking. But I'm glad that he's on vacation having a good time. So, well, it's good to see your faces again. And uh, I really feel like the Lord has some for us today, amen? Yeah. Some good, something good, something good is brewing in the spirit right now. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Papa. Yeah, just start thanking the Father right now. Just in your heart. Just thank you. If you want to thank him loud, that's fine. But just thank the Father right now. Because he's good. He's really good. He's fantastic. He's phenomenal. And I'm so thankful, Father, that you sent Jesus. That he came and he did a walk that could never be done by anybody else. And by him and by his blood and by his stripes, we have victory. We have freedom. We thank you, Father, that you send, that you decided, Father, out of your goodness, out of your gift, that you're going to send the Holy Spirit to indwell us and be with us forever. And for that, we're grateful to you, Father. And right now, Father, I welcome heaven. I welcome the host of heaven. I welcome the cloud of witnesses, Father. I welcome the, those angels, Father, that you have specifically assigned for this service, Father. We welcome you. We want you. We will release you to do that which the Father has commanded you to do. And Holy Spirit, come, mighty wind, and move as you please. We want you, we desire you, we want you to move, we want you to wreck us, we want you to absolutely. To absolutely love the Father with all of our hearts. To love the Son with all of our hearts and to love you with all of our hearts. And we all say it. Amen. Now, if you haven't seen this before. I love preaching with music in the background. So hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep. So that's just, uh, that's just something that is in my heart. So I'm going to start my timer so I can get going. Now last time when I spoke, I spoke about the father's dream. That which was in his heart. And that dream was us. But the good thing about that dream, it's continuously unfolding as we go. And one of the things that is in the father's heart is that he wanted to have children for himself. That's why he's a father. So he made sure that he made a possible way for us to be sons and daughters to him and only to him. And part of his dream was to make sure that he can bring that which is in heaven on this earth. He made sure that as sons and daughters... We have the means and the possibility of being able to usher the kingdom of heaven into this place. That's why all creation moans and groans so that the sons of God can manifest on this earth. And we know that every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights above. So he made sure. That his dream will, will keep on unfolding by giving us a gift out of his own heart. 
And a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to the father, I said, you know, the next time I preach, you know, what, what do you have in your heart? He said, this is what I have. I want you to talk about the river of God. The river of God. I want you to talk about my river. And I said, Father, okay. I said, well, I think people have heard that before. He said, nah, in this time and day, just like in the book of Acts, we continuously need to get filled up so that we can keep on flowing, so that we can keep on flowing, so that that river cannot be stopped at all, but it can keep on flowing through us. And you can see in the book of Acts how that river was flowing so powerfully that it gave the disciples such power to be able to turn the world upside down. Twelve people that were anointed by the Father with the river that was in his heart was flowing through them were able to change the world upside down. They were able to endure all sorts of suffering and beatings and tribulations and persecution. Because they had tasted that river. And they knew that the world needed some of this living water. That they had a chance to taste themselves. Amen. Woo. I'm going to read some from the Psalms. It's Psalms 46.4. You know, King David knew something because he had tasted this river himself. And he was so in love with the river that comes from the Father's heart that when he himself had sinned, he cried out, Please do not take it away from me. He didn't care about, for me, what a thousand, like, you know, he was saying, No, Lord, if it's the kingship that needs to go, I don't care, but do not take the river that comes out of your heart from me. Because I want it. I need him in my life. And this is what he says. He says, A river brings joy to the city of our God. The sacred home of the Most High. I think he knew what he was talking about. And this is from the Old Testament. I wanted to read just a couple of scriptures from the Old Testament. So you can see that this is a plan that the Father always had. It was not just for the chosen few, but it's for everybody. And he's, here's what it says in Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel goes, something that he saw. He says, in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And there's some key things that I'm going to highlight. You notice that he was taken to the temple and he could see Something in the temple. So there I saw a stream flowing from the east beneath the door of the temple. And passing right. Passing to the right of the altar. On its south side. The man brought me to the outside the wall. Through the north gateway. And led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gate. Measuring as he went. He took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my knees. He measured another 750 feet, 1,750 feet, and led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750, the water was to my waist. And then after another one, the river was too deep to walk across. 
It was deep enough to swim in. But too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching Son of Man? Then he led me back across the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised at the sight of the many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows through the east desert in the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of the river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way through the Engiri. And the Englem can't even pronounce that word. Help me, Dave. Where you at? Okay, you took too long. The shores will be covered with nets of dry, drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will be will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still stay, they'll still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on the branches. There will be a new crop every month. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. So here's some things that I want to just point out. The river was flowing from the temple. Now if you've read scripture before, I'm sure most of you have. You can see what Paul was talking about. He said, don't you know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? The other thing that he was talking about there that I want to highlight. says life was flowing everywhere. I mean, life was everywhere that river flowed. Those fruit trees of every kind on both sides of the river. If you notice in Galatians, Paul talks about the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, peace, joy, kindness, and all that stuff. And I want you to keep that in mind as I keep on talking about this river of heaven. And think about what Paul had just, what revelation Paul had been given by the Father himself about this mighty river. And then the last part says the fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Lord. I mean, I could just stop right there. We could just drink that and go on home. I'm just going to let that sink in. Is it right if I just go with the Holy Spirit this morning? It might look disjointed a little bit, but, but I just felt I just need to go with him where he's going. Oh, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus, just come, 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 sweet Jesus. Come, we desperately need you, sweet Jesus. 
Come, 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 sweet Jesus. We long for your touch. We long for your awakening. We long, we long for that, Lord Jesus. We long for that, Lord Jesus. You see, in light of everything that you see right now, when Dean was up here talking about being afraid, obviously the Supreme Court decided to make a ruling that really is going to affect the whole entire world. The whole entire world is going to be affected by that ruling that just happened. But the thing is this, the Lord has now called us out by a spirit of fear. He's calling us out by love and by a sound mind. And this is what I heard the Father say. He said, I would like to release a more abundance of that river in people this morning, in this service. That's his desire. See, if you notice in Revelation 22, can you put Revelation 22 up there? You got that all over? No? That's fine, I got it up here. Says this. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and all the land. It flowed down to the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life. Okay, on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit. With it a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Mm. See, last time when I was talking about the father's dream, he, if Jesus did not come, if Jesus did not die, there would not be many sons and daughters that would be produced. So because of what Jesus did, he gave us the right to become children of God. And in, his, and the, in the Father's heart, he made sure that the firstborn from the dead was going to show us every single thing that we needed to know about this mighty river. If you notice every single place that Jesus walked, there was life that flowed out of him. People were getting healed left and right. He was an example of what was in the Father's heart. The dream that is in the Father's heart. That in every place that his children will go, there will be this river that will flow, that will touch lives, that will change situations in people's lives. Jesus said himself, unless a seed dies, there will not be a harvest. Jesus died so that we can make sure that that river was, that was in him will be able to be multiplied over and over and over. The Father's dream is bigger than we think. So when Jesus died, 
he ensured that that river would be multiplied over and over again. You can see that in Genesis with those one river that was flowing out of the garden and then he split into four. It was there from the beginning that the father had a vision to make sure that this river of life will come down. That is the goodness of the father himself. And if you notice in John, let's go over there. In John 7, 7 from verse 37, it says, On the last day of the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said, living waters, he was speaking of the spirit who will be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. But guess what? Jesus has entered his glory. Therefore, out of the Father's heart, he has released that river that comes from his very throne, from the Lamb's throne. That's when Jesus was pierced on the side. You notice blood and water gushed out. That was a sign that the river had been released forever to flow to this earth. And everywhere he went, it was going to bring life. And we ourselves have been called as children of God to be able to say, as Jesus said himself, whoever who is thirsty, come and drink from the river of life. For the healing of the nations. For the healing of the nations. The nations represent people. For the healing of the nations. You can look at everything that is happening right now. How much more of that river do we need? When you look at the book of Acts, you see that river flowing so mightily. Or the river of the Holy Spirit. That each time it came upon the disciples, you notice they were bolder and they went out. And there were signs and there was wonders. And there was healings and there was miracles. And there was things that were happening to people's lives. And they were partaking and drinking of this river that was coming from the Father's throne. It makes you fall in love with Jesus in a whole different level when you actually understand and get that revelation in your heart of what Jesus actually did to part the heavens. Everything that Jesus has done is for us to do. Everything. But the Father made sure that we're not going to use our own strength. He made sure that he's going to pour out this river that is unstoppable. That in every place that we go, you bring life. Your presence as a Christian, when you show up in a place, changes the atmosphere. The other day I had an opportunity to do a wedding. And while we're waiting for the bride to come, there was this guy that was, you know, he was at this uh, looking glass falls. Really pretty place if you've never been up there. And there was this guy that had a camera and he had brought his family. And, uh, and I noticed that while his family walked down to the fall, he was not going with them. So I just struck a conversation with him and said, hey, uh, you didn't want to go down there? It was, oh, no, I can't really go there, you know, because I just had a heart uh, surgery not long ago. They put a stent, but there's a few problems, and, and I need to go back so that they can replace or do something in there. They have to go back and do surgery. And immediately, I just felt the father's love for the guy, just immediately. And I said, okay, father, what do you have? And she said, just pray for the guy. So I asked the guy, I said, do you, do you believe in, in prayer? He goes, oh, brother, I do. 
I said, so is it okay if I pray for you? Yep. So I laid my hands on his heart and just start praying for him right there on the spot. People are looking. People are wondering what is going on over here. There's this guy who's taking like a video. I mean, it, was, it was something else. But afterwards, you could see. You see, did I see anything that happened? No. Did I feel something powerful? No. But do I know for a fact, as it says here, that the river was breathed in that man's life? Yes. It's not about whether I feel it. None of that stuff. You see, if you try to go with feeling, I promise you, you will not do a whole lot. All you got to do is just come and just say, you know what? I'll just release the river into that person's life. You see, everything that Jesus did was a perfect example. For him to say, these signs shall follow you that believe in me. Not only that, but you shall do more than I can ever do. How much more do we need this river of God that flows from the Father's throne? We have seen evidence in scripture of what that river does. It brings life in every place it goes. It brings healing in every place it goes. If you look at the Samaritan woman at the well, and if you notice how Jesus was interacting with her, that was a perfect example of what was in the father's heart saying you are my son and what you saw my son do you can also do if you notice in that situation that woman never left condemned she left full of life so much life that she went and told her village come and see a prophet who's told me everything about my life they come, they see him, they beg Jesus to stay two more days. And the whole entire village gets saved. The whole village gets saved from one woman's testimony. How powerful is that river? That same living water that was in Christ. Christ dipped in his and gave it to the woman. She drank it. She became alive. She went and testified. The next thing you know, that goes the river Flowing into that village, saving people's lives. Something really simple. It was not. There we go. Thank you. So we have a good father, man. We, we, We have the best dad. His heart towards us. It's so rich in love. That he said, I'm going to give you one of the best gifts that I have. I'm going to give you Holy Spirit himself. He'll be your friend. He'll remind you everything that you need to be reminded of. And when you encounter people that need a drink, you be able to deepen from what you got and give it to them. Man, Lord. Everybody good?
soak in that for a little bit. You soak in that for a little bit. Oh, Jesus. The Yuzu River that makes glad the city of God. The Yuzu River that makes glad the city of God. The Yuzu River that makes glad the city of God. And the Father is so extravagant that he said, I'm not going to keep this river to myself. Since it brings me so much gladness, so much joy, I'm going to share with my children that in them they may flow too, that they may enjoy it and be glad and be joyful and be healed. So that we can go touch somebody else. See, there's many other sons and daughters that are not in the kingdom. And we need to give them opportunity to taste of this river of life. That they too may be sons and daughters as we are. I'll tell this last story and then I'll close. Friday night when there was the premiere for the presents I didn't, I didn't get to come and, uh, and I was just sitting home just resting and, and just being with the father and I hear a knock on my door and I opened the door and I just gotten settled with my ice cream <laughs> like really just settled and I was like about to put on a show that I really like to watch Andrew Zimmerman I like watching all those crazy stuff that he eats and then you hear Eight thirty, man. Who's knocking eight thirty on my door? I open the door. Here's this young man. He's got a clipboard. I'm like, oh, he's about to sell something. And immediately I was about to cut him off, but I felt the spirit say, nope. Just hear what he has to say. So I sat there, listen what he had to say. He never pushed anything. But as the conversation went on, I could feel the father's heart start to pulsate for him. And I went. Father, obviously there's something that, that you want to do with this young guy. So after a few more conversations, I said, is it okay if I prayed for you? I said, I'm not going to lay hands on you, but I can just pray for you from right here. He goes, no, 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 please pray for me. So I prayed for him and the presence started coming down. And by the end of it, he's smiling. He's looking at me. He's trying, he goes, obviously you're a man of faith because that prayer, man, whew, Oh, thank, thank the Lord for that. And then he proceeded to tell me that he was a Mormon. <laughs> and, I, and he was trying to talk to me more about that part. But he was selling so like pesticides. But because of that little provocation, he started talking about, I'm Mormon, man. You know, have you had other Mormons? And say, yeah, you know, I'm trying to be really polite. Obviously, my heart, I'm going, this is just, ah, Lord, I don't know about this. You know, this is about to get weird. I don't want to have to. 
I don't want to have to rebuke this guy. I just prayed for him, and now I got to go rebuke him. Get off my property. I don't want your Mormon Bible. Just take it with you. But the father said, no, no, no. Just wait and just listen to him. So I listened to the guy some more. But he was so touched that he goes, what church do you go to? I said, oh, I go to River Life Fellowship. He goes, so what do you do there? I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an assistant pastor. And, you know, he goes, is there anything else you do? He said, yeah, we have a college group and stuff like that. He goes, what days do you have in college group? I said, the second and the fourth. He goes, okay. So I, that'll be the second time we had a moment come to the college group. <laughs> so maybe the Lord is telling me about anointing for helping the moments. <laughs> but anyways, but it was good though. But the thing that touched my heart the most was this. Even though he had his own different beliefs, yet the father still wanted to bless that kid. Still wanted to bless that young guy. He wanted to see him prosper. So for me at that very moment, I realized that river just, I just dipped into that river of life and I just gave him a cup to drink and it was so refreshing for him that he wanted more. And it was simple. It's not like I did something profound. Oh, I didn't even feel anything, but I could, you know, personally I didn't feel anything, but I could tell for him he was, ooh, you know, he started getting woozy. He didn't know what was happening. I didn't, I didn't feel how to explain it to him. I just said, yeah, go ahead. You get drunk all you want. I'm good. You know, let the Holy Ghost get him. Get you, Holy Spirit. Just get him, Holy Spirit. And then, then my heart later prayed for him and said, Father, I just pray that you really bless that guy. The Father, that that encounter that he had will remind him of you all the days of his life as he goes. That he'll remember and say, Oh, so you are the one that touched me. Just like the blind person that Jesus healed. He, the one asked him, So who healed? He said, I don't know. Somebody just came and he touched me and I got healed and that was it. Then later on, Jesus comes and says, I'm the one that prayed for you. Da, 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 da. And he said, you know what I mean? You know the rest of the story. I'm not going to try to get to the rest of the story. But you see, that's what we're being called to do. That's what the Father's, that's what is in the Father's heart. That is the dream that is in the Father's heart. It is so deep. It is so profound. Because he wishes none to perish. That's his heart. He wishes none to perish. None. Not a single soul. So it's not my job to judge who's going to go to hell or not. But it is my job to release that river. That they might partake of it. That when they taste of him, they can go, I want some more of that. And you can tell them, you can get it. His name is Jesus. And he will give it to you. And he will take it to the Father. And he will shake everything off that's been on your life. That's the Father's heart. That's the Father's desire. And I hear the father saying, he wants us to take ownership. He wants us to own it. It's a gift from the father. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And this is what I feel this morning. I'm done, really. This is what I feel this morning. I feel like some of us in here, we did get saved. We did get a deposit of the Holy Ghost in us. But I feel like over time, things have clogged. You know, that, that happens, you know that, right? Disappointment sets in. Unforgiveness, bitterness, sin, you name it. All sorts of stuff God starts getting in and tries to block that river from flowing. And I felt the Father say this morning that He wants to come after those things in our hearts this morning. Amen. He has a desire to come and touch us and unclog all that stuff. That that river of life may flow. 
We need our river now more than ever. Just like that woman at the well had, this Samaritan woman had that experience. I'm praying that I'll meet people that do not know that I can tell them there is other water that you can have that will help you not be thirsty anymore. There is other kind of water. When you look at all the homosexual gay movement and all this other stuff, they're thirsty for something. Because when I look at Jesus, man, he told that woman the truth. You have five husbands, and the one you're living right now is not even yours. And she was like, told her the truth, but offered her the grace to come from up under that condemnation. See, that's the thing. Jesus will always give you a way out. He presents you the truth. Yeah, here's the truth about your life. But here's a greater truth. So there's truth with a little T. Then there's truth with a capital T, which is he himself. So their reality is that you can believe that truth, which is a little T. Or you can believe the greater one. You can believe that you truly have the river of life flowing in and through you. And you can understand that besides yourself, you can still offer the water of life to people. See, the enemy tries to convince us that when we mess up and we fall, that I cannot still help my brother. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because it stops the flow of the river because you believe that lie. I've not attained perfection, man. I, Paul said, I'm striving on. So I'm, I'm with him, man. I'm still going for that goal, which is to be conformed into the image of Jesus himself. And I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, mother, you African, you're going to be like Jesus. It's happening. I have to believe a greater truth. Even after I've yelled at my kids, I come back and go, listen, African, yeah, that was uncalled but you're still the child of God and you're going to be Christ-like. That's a greater truth. i got to believe the greater truth. I'm going to, you know what I mean? It just unclogs, it just clogs you up. So let's just stand to our feet this morning. Sweet Holy Ghost, sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Holy Spirit. So we're going to go after some things this morning. Can we go after some things in us this morning? Is that okay? So first things first. This is what I felt the Father say. He wants to just deal with the consciousness that we have for sin. Whether you messed up last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever the situation is. The blood of Jesus is enough. It doesn't, it doesn't cover. It annihilates. It doesn't cover. It annihilates. Covering, that means it's still there. That means when you're washed, you're washed clean. So just repeat this after me. Say, Father, right now we repent of all the sin that we've done. Even the last week, the last two weeks, last month, even this morning. We just repent of that. We ask you to forgive us. And we just say, Lord Jesus, let your blood be applied over that part. 
over that sin that we committed against you. And that sin will commit against other people. Let your blood just come and cleanse and wash. And you say, I'll receive it. There we go. Now you're free to receive the other stuff. Now that he's dealt with our part, now let's take off and let's receive the other stuff that he wants to give us this morning. Amen? Here's the deal. Here's some of the things that the Lord gave me that he said he wants to go after in us. Offense. Offense. He said he wants to go over that. There could have been somebody who said something, offended the fire out of you. Usually those kind of things kind of start clogging up that river. But the Lord Jesus is here today to take it. He says, give me that offense. Give me that offense. So this is a dealing between you and the Holy Ghost. When I mention it, you just give it. Just say, I give it to you, Jesus. I give him offense right now. By faith, I give it to you and I trust that in exchange, you're going to give me love. So release that. Just release that. Release that. Just release that right now. Release that. And as you do it, you're going to start feeling lighter and lighter in you, lighter and lighter in your mind. You can start feeling lighter as those things just, as the Holy Spirit takes them away. Woo. The other thing that, that I have is unforgiveness. I know that's a big one. But here's the truth about what the Bible says. So if you don't forgive your brother, neither will your father in heaven forgive you. So it's not really optional. That's the truth. It's not optional. I remember God coming after my heart about my own daddy because I was so mad at my daddy because he had never been around. And for years, I didn't think, actually for years, I didn't even think that I was mad at him at all. Until one day, because the Lord said, you haven't forgiven towards your daddy. You know, I said, I don't. <laughs> yeah, like I knew, right? Ha! <laughs> And one day, I remember I was, I was trying to make these decisions. You know, I was just in this place where I, was, where I needed some advice. I needed some wisdom. And I remember out of my mind saying, this is what I need my dad. And I went, I said, did I just say that? And the father said, yes, you did. And then this anger came up in me. And the father said, I'm going to help you today release your father and forgive him. For all the times he's not been there for you. Now when I think about my dad, I think about in the light, I hope that I meet him, and I hope if I don't get to meet him on this earth, that he knows Jesus, that we'll meet in heaven, we'll get to catch up all day long. That's a different shift. But what the father did to me was this. He showed me all the stuff that I've done, and he said, so for him not being there, is it worth you holding on to that unforgiveness while I've done all this other stuff? That's the unforgiveness part. Don't be like that guy that was put in prison. I mean, that was uh, owed this person so much money, like millions of dollars. The judge released him and said, you're free. You don't have to pay no more. But he went to find his brother had 3,000 shekels that he owed him and he beat him <laughs> and took him to court so that he could pay him $3,000. Unforgiveness will hinder you. So you don't have to say it out loud, but just say, Father, I mean, you don't have to say it out loud. Just in your own heart, just say, Whoever it is that you feel unforgiveness towards, just release them to the Father right now. Just you and him.
And as you release, you're going to feel something. Something's going to happen. Some people are going to get healed here today. Like sickness, like body healing. When you release some of that stuff, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. So just release that person or those people to the Lord. That you yourself may be free. It's you that gets free. Not the other person. The other person, you, you allow the Lord to deal with them. You see, unforgiveness is... I saw this quote somewhere. He said, unforgiveness is like someone really living rent-free in, in your heart. Rent-free. Because you're holding on so much that they get to live... They, they're living their own life, but they get to live in you and in your mind for free. The other one is this. Bitterness. So if I say it, just say, Father, I give you this bitterness that is in my heart. For whatever the situation is. Because the Father says, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. He will repay. He will repay. And his is a whole lot better than what we can do. So I allow that. Just release that. The other one was disappointment. Maybe job did not work out right. Maybe a relationship did not work out right. Release that. That one was discouragement. Let that one go. Let that one go. Let that one go. feel a little bit lighter like you just feel lighter you feel lighter in your heart you feel lighter in your mind you just feel like whoo man that was a load I was carrying now here's the last thing the father asked me to do is to pray that that river will flow mightily in you and through you that will flow mightily in you and through you that you get a revelation that river that flows from his throne that has the trees of life growing on either side where it bears fruit every month it never gets dry that you're able to give a drink, you're able to give food to that person that needs it So giving out of the river of life could be as simple as you buying somebody's dinner at a restaurant. Like that simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. That in itself is dipping in the river and giving them out of the abundance of what you have, you're giving it away. Be cooking food for your neighbor. Taking care of your children. It's not so super spiritual. It's not just about the healing and the sounds and wonders. That is part of it. But the river that I'm crying for myself is that it will be practical in my own life, in my own house. In my own house. Because I'm desperately needing for that to flow out of me even more. I'm looking at my kids and I'm going, man, what are they going? With everything that is going on, Lord. And the Father says, the river 
The river, the river, the river is the key. The river is the way for them that they can partake of it themselves and give it. So, Father, right now, just say, let that river start flowing in us afresh again. Let it flow afresh, afresh, afresh in us again. Let it flow, let it flow this morning, Father. Let it flow this morning, Father. Let it touch our lives once more, Daddy. Because we are hungry. We are hungry to see that river of life flow through us in abundance, Father. Give us revelation, divine revelation from heaven of how to walk and how to give away what you've given us. Give us divine revelation, Lord, of how to allow that river to flow in our own families. In our own workplaces, in our relationships. Let it be so, Father, this morning. Come up here, minister. Oh, Sato. Now, if you want any of this to pray for you, and I'm willing to pray for you too. So, if you want some prayer, you're welcome just to come down the aisle. Just come down the line. 
And I'll just lay hands on you. And they will lay hands on you. We'll pray for you right now. They will see that river. Any kind of healing that you might need. So come on and get it. Come on and get it. Come on and get it. Come and get some. Come and get some. Sabotilaro. Oh, come on. One thing is we pray for forgiveness. We need to pray for forgiveness for the Supreme Court judges. Someone came up to me and shared it with me, and it's so right. We need to pray for that forgiveness. But Marlon gave, and I want to encourage you with this. Marlon gave the scripture in Ezekiel that was a prophetic scripture for end times. It was about a river that flowed out of the temple, a fresh water river that flowed all the way to the Dead Sea. And then there were rivers in the Dead Sea. There were fish, teeming with fish, where nothing lives. Did you know today, if you go to Jerusalem and you drive past the Gedi, which they mentioned, and you drive to the Dead Sea. Any of you been to the Dead Sea? Raise your hands. You know how there's a sign that says, in 1940-something, this is where the Dead Sea was, but there is no Dead Sea. So you continue walking, it'll say in the 1960s, this is where the Dead Sea was, but there is no Dead Sea. And you keep walking on dry land, and you'll see in the 70s, and the 80s, and the 90s, and 2000, the Dead Sea is just receding and receding and receding. But you know what is where the Dead Sea was? Fresh streams of fresh water and lakes teeming with fish. Now, nobody knows how the fish got there, but they do know how the water got there. Do you know how the water got there? Do you know how fresh water got where the Dead Sea was? There's an underwater freshwater stream that comes from Jerusalem around the temple area. And that underwater stream has been flowing and coming up. And where the Dead Sea was and is no more, there is now fresh water teeming with fish. That prophecy from Ezekiel is coming to pass in our day, in our time. There's one other thing that grows there that doesn't grow anywhere else. There's a tree that has two distinctive leaves on the tree. One tree two leaves, nowhere else. One tree, two nations, the Jewish nation, the Gentile nation. One tree, two leaves for the food for the nations and for healing for the nations. And it exists today. Does that not encourage you? I mean, we can see with our own eyes what Ezekiel talked about coming to pass in our day. Fresh water in the Dead Sea. That was good then, that was good then. So if you want some more prayer, you can come up. And if you want to just talk in the presence, you're welcome to do that. If you want to be dismissed, you're good to do that too. But either way, just go with the Holy Ghost flowing in you this morning. <laughs>